0: And I've got three check marks, so that means we're we're live on YouTube and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. Awesome. And so now all the all the, you know, the the gangs of waiting people can can flood in. And I think there's a little bit of a delay before we start to see them appear okay. uh, in that little counter there. But um, good to have you with me, Cliff. I'm going, to, I'm going to run the introduction wheel, reel because in the first few seconds, uh, people tend to be gathering in, and, and then we'll get into our conversation all about podcasting and how businesses can use this as, as one of the planks in their marketing strategy. And we'll start that all for everyone here in just a few minutes. Looking forward. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk so if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit you've come to the right place i talk about interesting things i talk to interesting people and i answer your questions every week right here so be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it Awesome. So uh, first of all, thank you to whoever just hit the thumbs up. Uh, Likes do help us here on all the different social media platforms. Please, if you're tuning in, hit like. If you're watching the replay, it's also a big help. It doesn't cost anything. Just hit the like button. Today, I'm joined with guest um, Cliff DuVernois. Right? You see? Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Cliff is the host of a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Podcasting and you talk all about podcasting as a tool uh, in the in the marketing or advertising mix that a business might use and uh, i think it's really cool because of course i've built my entire business has been built upon this show and and you know appearing on other people's shows and things like that and and that's what helped me you know years ago start to get the news out about the books i had written and then my online courses and and my schedule is filled with consulting clients who are people that find me on these on these different media, and they they reach out to me. And so I can tell everyone what Cliff and I are going to talk about. It actually does work. It's it's the basis of my own business here today. Um, can can you give us a little bit of your background in the in the whole world of podcasting and how you stumbled into this opportunity? Because uh, I think you've got an interesting backstory, and it it wasn't necessarily as though you went on to to create uh, you know, sort of a, a product or a service that had to do with marketing. You were trying to figure out how to make this thing work within the context of your own business at one point in the past, wasn't it? That's correct. Yes. So
1: thanks for having me on your show, Dave. Appreciate it. So a little bit about my backstory. It was about 2016 and I was doing real estate on the side. And at the time I was living in L.A. County. So if you know anything about California, one out of every six people is a real estate agent, right? You can't throw a rock into a crowd without hitting one. So I lived in LA County, population 10 million, i.e. There's you know, a million and a half people there, probably closer to two anyways, that are real estate agents. So my first question is, is how in the world am I going to differentiate myself, right? The, the one key question that every business owner asks themselves, we got to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace. I asked my mentor you know, what can I possibly do? And he said, start a podcast. And I thought that guy was nuts. Now I had listened to podcasts, like Tim Ferriss had his podcast out at the time, but I had no idea like how to start a podcast, how to do a podcast, but you know, I was paying my mentor. So I was, he said, well, start a podcast. So I said, okay. So I went ahead, got the podcast, got it up and running you know, climbed onto YouTube, which is what most m- most people do, climbed onto YouTube. And I think I learned how to do everything wrong <laughs> from those videos. And it, when I got done, right, and I got my podcast launched, I actually remember I sat back and I thought to myself, I wonder how many other real estate agents in LA County have a podcast. So I went out there and I looked and there were three of us. Wow. And that was a very, very powerful lesson in the fact that podcasting can be a key differentiator in even like the toughest of businesses like i said if we're if we're talking like a million you know 1.5 million plus people being real estate agents and only 3 of us got a podcast
0: yeah yeah well and this raises an interesting thing because an interesting little topic here because when people think of podcasting we think worldwide web we think internet we think global and certainly one of the reasons why I made the decision to start making videos and to try to get onto the internet was because I wanted to grow my opportunities beyond the place where I live. I wanted to reach potential people all over the place that might do business with me. And and what you're describing, you know, is the fact that you were I mean you weren't going to go help anyone buy or sell a house in another state or anything like that. You were just working in in the LA area and there's a lot of people there, it's a big market. But that locality at the time Obviously, uh, what's that expression? Uh, uh, All real estate is local. And so one city versus another, like the markets are always different depending on what's going on in those places. And so certainly with a population of 10 million people, there's a, there's a lot of people there who are interested in what's going on in LA real estate, who would want to tune into a very local show about that topic. And here you are, I mean, there are some countries that don't have 10 million people and there's, there's only a, a small handful of podcasts. That are actually addressing that potential interest.
1: Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great point because one of the things that you know I do when I work with my clients is let's talk about your ideal customer avatar and what it is that they're looking for. And this was a very hard thing for me to learn up front. Cause like you said, it's when you launch a podcast or any marketing endeavor, you always want to cast your net as wide as possible. And the problem with that is you're you're gonna miss connecting with your ideal customer avatar. In my particular case, what I did is because I'm local is I actually included the name. Now I lived in Long Beach, so I actually included the name Long Beach in the title because I wanted to be the agent known for working in the Long Beach area. Right, That's what I wanted to do. So I didn't care if somebody from Michigan or Massachusetts or France or Australia downloaded my podcast, what I was more focused on was getting people in my local community To listen to that particular podcast so that became really the emphasis of what i focused on doing and then from there the next logical question is is what does my ideal customer avatar care about well i could get on the show and talk about real estate but the only people who like to talk about real estate are real estate agents Hmm. okay so i could have got on there and did an episode about oh well this is how you buy a house and this is how you get a housing inspector what I did is I took a step back and I said, you know what people really care about? And that's what's going on locally inside of the community. So then I start looking around me and I'm like, well, what are businesses that I could interview, right? What are favorite restaurants? What are favorite hotels? What are you know local politicians, local businesses that maybe employ tens of thousands of people? Let me reach out to these owners, bring them onto my podcast, interview them, get their stories and then put it back out there because people are you know, are interested in this kind of stuff. Plus it makes me look like I'm the local expert, right? So now when I go out and I have, like, let's say I was doing an open house at the time, somebody would come to that open house and I would say, oh, by the way, here's, here's my podca- podcast at that time. I called it long beach impact and people's faces would light up. They're like, holy cow, nobody's doing a podcast. I'm like, well, I, I am. It's so all of a sudden now I'm in their ear right? I'm talking to them. I'm asking questions for these business owners. And here's the story behind your favorite restaurant. Here's the story behind your, you know, your, your favorite uh, park that you might go to or anything else. So this really gave me a, a very great way to start, you know, reminding people, obviously that I'm in real estate. Cause I would mention that in, in the beginning of the podcast, but it also gave them additional content. Cause every week they're looking forward to, Oh, who is, who's the person that Cliff interviewed next?
0: And, and so like one of my first questions about this story is how did you uh, allow yourself to be discovered? How did people find you? So you mentioned that you were promoting the podcast when you would do an open house, so you'd have a bunch of people coming through to look at the property and you'd, you'd let them know about this. Was there anything else that you did? Because I would just the, the um, you know, titling it, you know, with Long Beach in the name. Obviously, if I was somebody who lived in another place, and I was, you know, just realized, oh, I'm going to be moving to California. I'm going to move to LA. Where might I like to move if I started to check out the different neighborhoods and areas around LA County, I might say, well, what, what can I find out about Long Beach? Did, did you end up having subscribers or listeners that you ever heard from that were from a way that found your podcast as a way to learn about that community on their, on their sort of trajectory inward?
1: Yes, I did actually. And how it would typically happen is is that somebody would climb onto like let's say Google and they would say you know I'm interested in homes in the long beach area and so they would do a search for you know long beach and inevitably they would find my podcast just by typing in you know that you know very simple term and so what they do is they find the podcast they listen to it and they're like wow i actually like the way this guy thinks. Right. And and I every now and then I would do a solo episode where I would talk about myself. I would share a story from my background, which is actually the episode that got me my first client. I mean, I I produced 14 episodes before I had my first person reach out to me and say, you are the guy that we want to work with.
0: That's, you know, and, and we'll talk about growth and audiences. We have a few comments here from some people. We got Kevin in Central Florida says good morning. Hi, Kevin. Right. And uh, Tactitus 1979 is joining us, says good morning to you gentlemen. Thank you very morning. much. Taktitis. Good to see you as well. Um, So let's talk about that because I, I can certainly attest that when you start something like a podcast in the very beginning, you know, your your close family friends will listen if you remind them. Yep. <laughs> but, but you can, Thanks, it, Mom. It can be very frustrating Uh, in the beginning to to build those numbers to to get to the point where it seems like anyone is tuning in. And and when when some people start podcasting, they always say, I'm afraid how I'm going to sound. I say, don't worry, no one's listening in the beginning. Like, you know, as you practice, as you develop these episodes, as you get going, you'll become better at it. And and then your audience will be growing as well. Um, You know, from your point of view, um, you said it took 14 episodes to get your first client. How long, how far did you take this in your real estate career? Like at what, what did it look like by the time you ended that part of your life? So
1: what happened was, is I made it to episode 22 before I hit pod fade. Now, the reason why is because I, I want to circle back on a couple of topics you brought up because they're sure. really good. First off, I mentioned before about how I went onto YouTube and I learned how to do podcasting incorrectly. Well, I really shouldn't say that. What it did is, is I was spending about 10 to 12 hours a week working on one podcast episode. Mm. And when you're running a business, you really don't have 12 hours to spend on an episode. I certainly did not. I mean, I, you know, I had regular work that I was doing. I was doing real estate on the side and I liked it. It would have been nice to make it a full-time career, but I just didn't have 12 hours in my day to spend working on this. But I was following the advice. And, and what happened was, is I got to a point where I was like, this model isn't sustainable. I mean, I had gotten a client so I knew that podcasting could work, but I didn't know how to make it consistent, right? I didn't know how to pull that trigger and say, well, if I produce, you know, another 14 episodes, I'll get another client. There was no guarantee of that. Hmm. So what I did is, and it, and it took me a few years because what I would do is I pivot my business, I'd start a podcast, and then I'd go into podfade because I was repeating the same processes over and, and, and over. And let's
0: again. define podfade for people out there.
1: Oh, my apologies. Yes. So pod fade is a phenomena where you start a podcast and after I think the average is 8 episodes, you stop producing episodes. So if you've ever gone to iTunes and and looked for a podcast and you find one you're like, "Oh wow, this podcast is really good and it has 8 maybe 10 episodes and the last episode was produced like 2 years ago, then they consider that being into pod fade and it's estimated like 60 to 80% of podcasts out there are actually in pod fade right now
0: and and do you think that this has to do with people's desire for sort of an instantaneous result people people think that you know this is the greatest thing why aren't why don't i have like the joe rogan sized audience like where are all the people right and question. and and they, and they end up being disappointed by by what ultimately uh, ends up happening in the in the very very short term
1: yes And this is where, this is one of the things that I know you and I had discussed uh, uh, when I had you as a guest on my podcast. It took me forever to figure that one out because I would start a podcast and I would start producing episodes. And these podcasters would tell me that it was going to be 16, 18 months before I saw any real traction from my podcast. And I remember thinking, man, I got bills to pay today. You know, if I'm going to be spending 10 or 12 hours on, you know, a particular part of my marketing, I need to see a little bit of a return a little bit faster than that. Well, it wasn't until like a conversation I had probably about a year ago where the light bulb went on in my head and I realized something. All of my training was from podcasters, very successful podcasters, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, and when I say this, obviously the English term is, you know, podcaster, somebody who has a podcast. But in a in business sense, a podcaster is somebody who's producing a podcast and that's how they derive their income, right? They're getting 100,000 downloads every episode. They are the Joe Rogans, right? Joe Rogan, I would consider him to be a podcaster. John Lee Dumas, uh, Tim Ferriss, I would consider these guys all to be podcasters. What hit me was that I was an entrepreneur with a podcast. So now all of a sudden, I, I it allowed me to free this up and sit there and say, okay, if I was an entrepreneur with a podcast, how could I reframe this now to make my podcast successful? Not in 16 months, but let's give myself 30 days. What can I do with my podcast in a span of 30 days? What are things that I can do, skills that I've learned to be able to take this podcast and really be able to turn it around? And once I did that, once I started thinking about that, some of the questions I posed to myself was, you know, because they always say your network is your network. So, who are the guests that I could have on my podcast that I need to have in my wheelhouse that I could have partnerships, or maybe I could have them as a potential client? So, because the podcasting—this is the rule of podcasting: number one, podcasting is the ultimate relationship building tool. Yeah, it really is. You invite somebody on your podcast. And you interview them, you get to spend that 30 minutes or that one hour asking them questions, learning about their business, learning about where they come from. And it just creates a relationship so fast, way faster than a Facebook post could or an Instagram reel could. And it, it's amazing how within a span of 30 days, the impact on your business is huge.
0: You know, uh, and, I, and I had forgotten to mention, but um, you were the June guest in my Business Buyer Adventure Group coaching program. And and in that interview, uh, we spoke for 45 minutes or an hour. I, f- I forget how long it went, but we actually used the example of a small local business. I think it was a dry cleaner as an example. Yes. And and we said, you know, like, here's the last business you could ever imagine that might be able to take advantage of a podcast. And you broke it down for the members of the group, how even that type of business could have real benefits. And it, and it's not just to constantly, I mean, in in a way, you're creating something to use your real estate example. You're creating a media platform where your business is the sponsor of it. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, like, Hey everyone, if you want to buy a business, you know, you need to go and sign up at businessbuyeradvantage.com. And like, like, Whoa, so it's, like it's like, you know, there's a product placement. So it's like this channel is like an advertisement medium for my stuff. Uh, but beyond that, it's like, what other relationships could we could we develop what other key people might we ever want to meet how could someone else potentially help our business or help our business interests in some other way and and the podcast to your point is what opens the door to being able to cold approach people in a very warm and friendly manner that where you're actually you know sharing and giving someone a reason for, to spend a little bit of time with you
1: so let's let's talk about this in 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 a very practical sense. So I got a business and we'll we'll go back and we can use the dry cleaning example again, right? Cuz again it's, you know, a business, it's tough business, tough margins, you know, there's dry cleaning businesses everywhere. So let's go back to that example. I I have a business and you know, to go back and answer your first question, I'd make a list of every strategic connection I would want to have for my business, right? Maybe it's you know, the president of the, of the, of the local um, business, you know, convention visitors bureau, right. It could be anyone that I would want to do business with. So for instance, if I had dry cleaning, you know, maybe I would want to go to a business that had, you know, uniforms, like maybe there's a hotel down the street that has uniforms and I could say, Hey, I can, you know, dry clean your, your uniforms or whatever it is, but just make a list of all of those people that you would want to have a relationship with. Who is it that can help me you know, with my business. You know, it could be something if you got a you know a laundry business, reach out to a local restaurant that has the the cloth tabletops. Reach out to the owner and say, hey, you know what? I've got this podcast. I'm interviewing local business owners on my podcast who, you know, have an impact on our community, helping people to create memories. I would love to have you on the show and hear your story. How did you get started? And and maybe give some advice to you know people that are going out, maybe want to have create memories for themselves. Nine times out of 10, these people are going to say yes to being interviewed. I mean, it's not every day that a media company is reaching out to them and saying, hey, I'd like to interview you. So again, it's you know making up this list, reach out to these people and just say, hey, I'd love to interview you on your, on your podcast. And as you're doing that, you know you're building a relationship with them before and after the podcast is done where you're just making that relationship that much deeper. And then, of course, what they'll do is like, let's say, for instance, I reached out to a restaurant to have them on my on my channel, they're going to broadcast that out on their socials, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, our owner of our business was interviewed on the blah, 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 local podcast, right? Whatever, you know, Whoville, right? We'll, we'll make our fictional town Whoville. The Whoville podcast, right? they are been featured on there. All of a sudden you got introduced to their followers right their audience it's the
0: leveraging of different social media audiences there you go
1: you're leveraging somebody else's audience to get your message out and they're going to come listen to your podcast and they will say wow this is actually a pretty cool podcast and look at there's this other restaurant that we like and oh look there's the food truck that we like and then here's this and then you know what's going to happen people are going to start binging your episodes now if you release one episode a week doing that getting exposed to all of these different audiences that are out there and number one, it's going to grow your audience tremendously. And number two, like you did with that really slick product placement down there at gotcha. the bottom, it gives you a prime opportunity to, to, say, you know, as a dry cleaner, you're like, Hey, you know what, this week, we're having a two for one sale. If you want to come in drop off your dry cleaning, you know, 10% off, just mention this podcast when you come in through the door, there's any number of ways that you could come in there with your podcast and, you know, let people know that you're in business, support your local business, Right. We're local. We're in your community. We're right down the road. You'll probably, you know, half the people listening to that would probably say, man, I didn't even know there was a dry cleaner there. Well, you just helped to spread the word. And the cost for that was zero.
0: Well, Cliff, I got a question here that comes in from David Kittle. And he says, he says, hi, David, Uh, started a podcast to get in more healthcare business owners, interviewing advisors, brokers, etc. We're by. So this is someone who's out there in the market trying to buy businesses. They're buying physical therapy practices in New York and New Jersey. What's a good way uh, to have someone on for an interview? Uh, find a mutual connection or a warm intro? Is Have you found that that's important? No. OK, no,
1: no. I, I, the, the thing is, obviously, if it's a warm intro, the odds of them saying yes are going to be a lot more. But don't let that slow you down, right? Make your list of people, whether it's warm or cold. Reach out to them, You know, connect with them, like on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Uh, Go to their website, find their email address. And when you reach out to them in the subject line, just put podcast interview request. Guarantee you they're going to open that email. Guarantee you.
0: Do you think that people who are just starting off who have a low number of, say, subscribers or followers or downloads are at a disadvantage when it comes to inviting people to come on as guests?
1: Ooh, great question. And the answer to that is no, no. Mm. And I will say that because I know somebody out there right now is shaking their head like, well, what if, you know, how do I tell these people? I got it. No, you know, what matters is peers. So what I would do is if I was just starting on a brand new, you know, podcast networking is I would sit there and ask anybody in my, in my wheelhouse. Right. Who do I know? Who's like, you know, a friend of mine that I could have on the podcast. Once you've interviewed them, when you send out that first email, introduction and say, hey, we're you know, we've got a podcast. We're talking to local business owners in this vertical niche. We've had people ask questions. Oh, by the way, we have interviewed this person, this person and this person trying to get my fingers. in there, Right. So Mm you actually list them in there. Right. And if you've released your podcast episodes already, include a link that they can listen to once they see their peers on that list, the odds of them saying yes are going to go through the roof. They won't even care about their downloads. What they're mm-hmm. going to care about is that you know first off you're serious right you've got your podcast and you're out there but second off you're actually out there interviewing people that you know they would they would consider like i said their peers so whenever i send out a, a, any kind of a cold email i always make sure to include at least three links to people who are in a similar vertical to them maybe even their competitors and say i got a podcast this is what i'm doing oh by the way here's three people that i interview right And then that will increase the chances even more of them saying yes. So, but I do wanna share this with you because that was actually a really great question. And I just wanna manage expectations. So you can expect that out of the 20 invites that you send for your podcast, probably 10 of them will open the email. We gotta be real. The other 10 is probably gonna go in their spam folder, promotion folder, and they'll never see it. But 10 of them will get get the email, six or seven of them will actually open it. And maybe about three, will actually
0: book the interview. So, so there's there's a certain law of numbers there. Yes. I, you know, um, and this whole idea of how popular is the show, how popular is the platform, th- this again goes back to the topic of podcasters versus business owners who podcast. Because uh, I can tell you guys, like, I sometimes get invited on a podcast that's just new and it has relatively few downloads. And people will very meekly say, hey, Dave, would you like to come on my podcast? And, and I often will say yes if if their topicality frames within the stuff that I talk about, right. Um, and I've gone on podcasts that are very new with very few number of downloads. and then I'll get somebody who sends me an email and and they'll say, you know, I, I learned about you on that little podcast. and I started listening to your show and I became a subscriber and, and then they end up signing up for something that I do or they become a customer of mine. And so I always frame it back to this. if you were ever invited, to come and speak at some kind of meeting, like, like a Rotary Club luncheon that had 30 people and you were gonna be given the floor for 15 minutes to speak in front of those people, would you go to talk about your business? And almost every business person would say yes. But for some reason, when people think about podcasts, they're like, well, they only get a hundred downloads. It's it's literally the, the size of the audience now is a hundred. It's even better than that Rotary Club luncheon example. but. For some reason, people frame it differently in their mind.
1: Can I one-up you there? Yeah, sure. So let's do that. So we talked about how if you had 15 minutes at a Rotary Club to talk to people, you would definitely take that opportunity. But guess what? That's a one-time thing. Mm. You record a podcast episode with somebody, it is out there forever. And that's the beautiful thing about having a podcast. So I have you on my podcast, right? We did a great interview, loved your story, published it out there. Now I have released probably about 15 more episodes after you. This is 15 new audiences that my podcast has now gotten exposed to. Now out of those 15 audiences, people find the podcast, they listen to the interview and they say, I like it. And they look down and they see Dave. They see ba- buying and selling businesses and they're like, oh, what's this? Boom. And they hit it. So what, what happens is, is that people will binge podcasts. And I'm sure that people on your show right now that listen to podcasts they found a podcast, liked it, and binged it. Now, if you yeah, can imagine. I, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Definitely, yeah. I have. And so now you think about that in terms of your podcast episodes, right? And this is something that I, I tell my clients. Think about every episode as a little salesperson for your business. Right? Every single one of them. That's why you make sure you got your product placement in there, right? But they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, you get your podcast, you put on an episode, it's a 30-minute episode, right? What can you possibly do in 30 minutes? Somebody binges 10, 20, 50 episodes, and they're hearing your message again and again and again. If you're interested in buying, selling a business, and it's going to get into their head, and they're going to hear you. And by the time that they're like, you know what, I'm interested in buying a business, Dave. the guy that i want to talk to i feel like i already know him. i've listened to all this podcast episodes i know his voice i know how he thinks go all in
0: yeah it's and and everything that cliff is saying guys is true i mean i the statistics of my own youtube channel and and what i do is i have an audio feed for the podcast services it's just the audio from this youtube channel that gets put over there some people like to in like to listen to it in the audio format when they're driving and whatnot but um you know i see the backend statistics and data and there are videos that i made years and years ago that continue to get new views every week mm. and it's it's because somebody typed something into google or something and they're looking for some piece of information and for whatever reason the the search engine says you know what this content is applicable to your question and it gives me a good search result and then that you know like you said everyone's a salesman i i use the analogy of you know, it's, it's it's almost like leaving breadcrumbs or or a fisherman that has hooks in the sea, you know, like these are all different opportunities for people to bump into you. And and the longer you go, the more of them there are. And the the easier it is for people to find you overall. Yes.
1: And so, you know, to kind of go back to a little bit of what we were talking about before, if I reach out to a guest, somebody I'd like to have on my podcast and they come back to me and they say, yeah, I'm interested in being on your show. How many downloads you get? I don't invite them on the show. What I'm interested in is having somebody come on to my podcast who wants to share their message with my audience and my audience is growing. So the people that I want to have on my podcast understand the compounding effect. Mm -hmm. Right. If if I, you know, some people might draw the line and say, well, I won't come on your show unless you have a million people. Well, you know, thanks for wasting my time. I don't care about having a million people. What you've demonstrated, Dave, with your show, I'm going to use you an example. And this was really impressive. And I have used your statistics more time than I can shake a stick at. Your podcast doesn't get a million downloads, doesn't get 100,000 downloads, right? You don't have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. No. What's interesting is with the small number of subscribers that you have, the small number of downloads that you're getting, and what you said on my podcast, you are busier than ever.
0: Yeah. So you don't need a big audience; you just need the right right audience. audience. Yes, and and that's again the difference between a business owner who uses podcasting to market versus a podcaster. There you go. Uh, You know, my kids will watch these people on YouTube that are like playing video games or you know teaching like makeup application and stuff like this, and and that's all they do is they create that content and they're relying upon the advertisers and everything that YouTube has in order to create a monetization for them. So, so that is a true media business. It's like your local radio station putting yes. ads in to, to earn money, to, to have a going concern as a business. And, and when you're a business owner that podcasts, you've already got a different monetization mechanism built. Your you know, my monetization is the, the books, the online courses, the consulting work. So what it is, I'm trying, like, if you started a brand new podcast to try to be like Joe Rogan, you know, how big would you have to get before you got your first sponsorship, right? I mean, it would be a huge amount of work. When you're a business owner who does podcasting, that sponsorship question is already dealt with. Because it's you, you're using this to promote yourself. And um, I, in, in talking about sponsorship, I, I have to read a sponsorship message, but um, when we get back, I'm going to ask you about, about evergreen versus new timely con- content in, in Beautiful. just one second. So uh, this episode of the David C Barnett small business and deal making live stream is brought to you by SMB The network is a collection of podcasts and shows from around the internet, which focus on bringing you interviews with amazing guests who share actionable advice, ideas, and information for small and medium-sized business owners and entrepreneurs. If you go and visit smbpodcastnetwork.com, you can learn more and subscribe to their email list, which will provide you with a weekly rundown of all the latest episodes that have been released from members of the network. Speaking of podcasts. Boom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talked about the example of the of the dry cleaner saying this week we have a special. And then we talked about how the lifespan of a podcast episode is is timeless, it's there forever. So let me ask you, what is your experience and what is your feedback and opinion about the sort of um, news angle versus the evergreen angle? Because a lot of times when I make uh, a podcast recording, I'm answering, like I'll say, I'll think to myself, this is going to be there forever. And I, I may choose not to talk about like a recent event sort of thing that might date the video. Uh, and then at other times, I might do something like a live stream or, where I may be more open to discussing current events like we did j- during the whole C-19 thing that was going on. You know, obviously that was big news for small business when I was talking about that a bit more. What, what's your opinion on the sort of give and take between those two uh, focuses? Sure thing. First off, if you think your audience would find it of value, then tell that story. Okay.
1: Okay. The reason why I say that is because you're right. You know, if somebody came to my podcast and listened to it, and there was an episode where I was talking about how Ronald Reagan won re election, they're like, whoa, this episode's really old. But you know what? Part of creating your podcast is also documenting your journey. So here's an example. Yesterday I had an awesome interview with an investment banker. He has a podcast that's out there and he's using it. He only gets about 150 downloads per episode. But those 150 downloads are his current customers. Hmm. So when the market you know goes down, when it tanks, when you know inflation starts you know, going up and everything else like that, the first thing he does is he creates an episode to talk to his audience about what's going on and how it's going to impact them right? And how you don't want to make emotional decisions. He's basically
0: having a huddle with his customers.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, 10 years from now. But it's public. Yeah, it's public. Now, 10 10 years from now, somebody's going to find his podcast because he's doing really well and he's going to keep doing it. But 10 years from now, somebody will find that episode. They will listen to it and be like, wow, that was way back in 2022. But you know what's more important? More important is the fact that he took the time to talk to his audience. It shows that he cares. Mm. about them it shows that he wants to educate them about what is happening in that current market and it's a documentary like if somebody sit there and say wow he took care of his clients back in 2022 eight years later we had another recession in 2030. so I know that if I work with this guy he's actually going to be level with me he's actually going to tell me what what the skinny is what the scoop is so even though that content might be out of date, it does show your back catalog it does show your character and how you treat your business what your philosophy is so that's with regards to the current content evergreen content i love because you know what in my opinion there really is no such thing as evergreen content because all of us are evolving the Mm. internet is moving at breakneck speeds so even now today i've got a framework that i use to get my clients results i know that my framework works but guess what somebody could come out with a piece of technology tomorrow that just takes half my framework and makes it obsolete and i'm okay with that because i will go back and i will update my i won't go back and change previous episodes but what i'll start doing is producing new content that says you know what in my old framework we talked about this well what now they've come out with this new piece of software that now eliminates two hours worth of work from your editing process let's talk about how that impacts the framework how that's going to impact you so in a way, it's kind of evergreen, but just keep in mind the fact, like I said, everything is changing at breakneck speeds. So, you know, everything could be, you know, it could be one way one day and the next day, you know, it could change. Someone could pass a law or a piece of legislation that yeah. impacts how you buy or sell a business, which could impact your framework that you use to get your clients' results.
0: It's it's true. Totally true. Another follow-up comment here from uh, from Dave Kittle. This is getting new podcast guests from LinkedIn has worked yes. better than cold email. I think it's because they can see our mutual LinkedIn connections and view my recent posts, which they can't see via cold email. I think this is, you know, <laughs> uh, this is actually something I do. So when, when, uh, sometimes, uh, we'll have a team huddle over here and we'll think about who we might want to have on the show. And, um, uh, one of the things that, uh, that Erica will do is she'll, she'll find what their social media is and their LinkedIn and their Twitter and Instagram and, you know, how many followers they have and what they're doing, if they're active, if they're not. And, and so I'll go take a look at that stuff and kind of check out what they're doing, maybe listen to a podcast that person's been on. And then my go-to outreach is through LinkedIn as well. Um, just for that very reason that Dave just said, you know, if I find the person and see that we've got like, sometimes I will find someone to see that we've got hundreds of mutual connections and it's like, oh, well, I probably should know this person already anyway. Like, so it's very obvious when they see that when that invitation's coming in, that uh, that there's a lot of common connectivity there.
1: Yeah. So let's kind of dissect uh, what what Dave's message there was about reaching out onto LinkedIn. So in addition to having your ideal customer avatar, it's always good to have an ideal guest avatar. Mm. And so like for David's case, for instance, they're very active on LinkedIn, right? They're using LinkedIn. They're checking their, their LinkedIn messages, right? They're posting on LinkedIn, very active on there. Uh, I've got another podcast that I do uh, on the side that's more local to the state of Michigan. My guests are not active on LinkedIn at all. So right. what I found is that email is my first go-to. And then if I don't hear anything from uh, from the, the potential guests via email or via on the email, I will go find them on Facebook because nine times out of ten, I know that they're active on Facebook. So understanding the platforms that Mm. your ideal customer avatar is using, as well as your ideal guest avatar is using, will definitely set you up for success. So in David's case, like I said, he knows that they're very active on LinkedIn. So I reach out to him on LinkedIn. Boom, I am getting a response. Another nice thing with using LinkedIn, though, and I have to admit this, you get past the gatekeepers.
0: You can because yes. uh, because you're not supposed to have other people using your LinkedIn account. It's supposed to be supposed to be the, just the uh, the person. Uh, Don Luis Guerrero says excellent podcast. Thanks, thank you, Thanks, Don, Don Luis, for, for tuning in. Please hit smash the thumbs up button. We like it when people like us. Um, the uh, so so speaking about that, um, you know it's interesting. Like I've had uh, friends before where I've talked about being online and stuff. And and to your point about LinkedIn, I, I've actually had someone say to me, LinkedIn, isn't that for finding a job? And they literally haven't logged in mm. since they went looking for the last job. And I'll say, you should log in right now. And they'll open it up and it'll say that they have like 2,200 connection requests or something like that. Yes. And, and it's all these people have been pushing them a connection request and they've just been ignoring it all. So, I mean, this is a message to people listening, in the audience. If you're in business or involved in business, you should not ignore LinkedIn, uh, because yes, there are some people on there trying to sell you something, and yes, you know there there's some spammy stuff that happens there. But I mean, it's open as a tab all day long on my on my desktop because it's just this great resource just for discovering and finding and 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 researching what someone's doing or what someone's about.
1: Yeah, definitely. And for you know LinkedIn, what we found is we actually get a lot more engagement on LinkedIn than I thought. I would have thought we would get a lot more on Facebook. But what I realized is, is that because, you know, my podcast, our ideal customer guest, our ideal guest avatar is an entrepreneur, a business owner. There's a lot of business owners that are on LinkedIn. So what we've seen from you know are from our you know marketing purposes and reaching out to people that LinkedIn has become a really nice viable platform for us to be able to you know further connect with guests, have them on the podcast, really do what we can to bolster what it is that we are doing if they put out a good post and you know I've got something to say I'll always repost it to my account and it gets a lot more eyeballs on their content uh as well as you know exposing me more to their audience which is in turn helping me grow my audience on my podcast so that's a it's a very viable platform if you can you know the one thing I will say is this is something that I learned from a LinkedIn expert LinkedIn does not work like Facebook so don't treat it like Facebook hmm. right when you're when you're on LinkedIn Always make sure that you're thinking, again, in terms of strategic connections, right? So I made the mistake of accepting anybody's request when I first got on there, and I got like 3,500 uh, people. And guess what? None of them were my ideal customer avatar, like at all. I would post a piece of content and nobody would like it. Well, you know, like like my friend Charles, he would like it, you know, but he likes everything I put out there. So, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, be strategic when you're looking at your connections and just ask yourself, you know, Who would I want to connect with? Who do I want to see my content, right? Ideally, your ideal customer avatar, go find them and send them a connection request. And then you know what you do after you send them a connection request, invite them to be on your podcast.
0: And then when you got them on
1: that podcast, you got that relationship building with them. You're just moving them through your sales funnel.
0: Let's t- let's talk about platforms. I know I know we have been touching about this the whole time. Yes, but when we say podcast, a lot of people will think like audio podcasts, like from Apple Podcasts or uh, Google uh, has Spotify platforms, Spotify, all these kinds of things. And and really, what we're talking about is long form content, could be audio or video and audio, and really how you distribute it, like. Like in my normal course of business, I put something on YouTube. I take the audio. I put that onto, onto the, the podcast feeder that I use that populates all those services we just mentioned. Um, but then I'll also take that and put it onto LinkedIn and I'll take that and I'll put it onto uh, Facebook and, and, and share about it on Twitter and stuff like this, just to try to to introduce anyone who might be connected to me on any of these things to be able to access that content. Um, do you what would you say about like sort of a strategy to make sure that you are reusing this content in a lot of different ways? Like, are there any sort of key highlights people can take away about thinking about these different platforms?
1: Definitely. What I would recommend that you do is this was something that I really struggled with for a long time. And then I, one day it just hit me like a ton of lead. It's like, why am I making this so hard on myself? So, you know, at the beginning of the week, I sit down with my team and before, what I would do is I'd say, okay, so let's put this on Facebook. Let's put this on LinkedIn. Uh, let me come up with a reel for Instagram. Oh, we've got a podcast episode. And should we do a video and post it out on YouTube? Just put all that away. Forget about it. If anything, think of your podcast as the tip of your marketing spear. You go out and you create an episode or you interview a guest on your specific episode. That right there should give you more than a content to cover all platforms through the week for the next two weeks. And then you could always rebroadcast that same podcast episode three months from now, right? Here's a flashback, right? Remember back to episode 15 when I had uh, David Barnett on my podcast. Now, from the podcast episode, what could you do with that? Well, first off, you could always break it up into really small audio snippets. They're called audiograms and post them out on all the different social platforms. They last about 30 seconds. Somebody's going to be scrolling through their feed on Facebook, and all of a sudden they see a video, and it's got little words at the bottom. They're like, "Oh, you know, I'll stop and listen to this." Another thing you can do is create quote cards, right? Quote cards are great. I use quote cards a
0: lot because my this, this are- is something we've just started actually over here. This yes, we create these quote cards that go onto like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where it's a little a couple lines of something that was said during one of my episodes.
1: Yes, correct. A, g- a great call. Great call. Another thing you do is you take your podcast episode, get it transcribed, send it to somebody on Fiverr and for 5 or 10 bucks say, "You know what? I need an article. This is the this is what I want you to cover, like the three ways to do this or a story about this, whatever it is." And have them take your 30-minute transcript, boil it down into a 400, 500-word article. And if you're an SEO guy, you can do that. Uh, but boil it down to like a 400-word article, 500-word article. And now you've got something to post to your website as a blog article. Put mm-hmm. it on to Medium. You could post it to uh, LinkedIn as an article there. So and remember, all of this came from one podcast episode, one 30-minute one episode that you did. And you're now able to string out all of this great content from that one particular episode. So don't spend your time racking your brain trying to figure out what can I post here? What can I post here? Look at your podcast episode. you would be like, you know what? David said something really cool about not being based on how many downloads, but having the right audience. Let's use that quote, right? And then all of a sudden you've covered Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. That one quote card that you built just did that. So that's that kind of stuff there, repurposing content uh, is, is awesome. As far as like getting your message out there, people are hearing things. Plus it gives you the option to tag the person, especially if you're doing a quote card for So once again, you got in front of their audience when they did the, the podcast and said, hey, here, I've been on this podcast, but now you're tagging them again with a quote card, right? Tagging them this week. You might tag them again next week. If you found another great quote, you might tag them three months from now. So now you're getting in front of their audience multiple, multiple times. So and that's just remember just, you know, when you're creating this content, tag the people in there. One of the things that I like to do for my podcast, and I know that you've seen this, Dave, is every fifth episode is a solo episode where I talk about a particular topic and I find threads throughout my previous interviews that I've done. And what I do is I pull the the quotes right from the quote cards and I actually stick it in the audio portion of my new podcast. So now I get exposed to their audience again by saying, hey, today's episode, I talk about the power of consistency in building a relationship. And then I reference the two or three people that I got on the podcast. I found a great quote from Simon Sinek. Stitch it all together in an episode, push it out there, and those episodes typically are my most downloaded episodes. And it's just because, like he's like I was telling you before, I just take a quick quote from you, take a quick quote from you know Rachel Cook or from uh, James uh, Schmack, and you know, put it out there. So there's any number of ways that you can repurpose this content, uh, create more episodes, create more quote cards, create more articles, which. You know, Oh, it's just, it, it's a, it's a great tool for that all the way around. It removes a lot of unnecessary stress, so to speak, coming up with new content all the time.
0: That's awesome. We have, we have a comment here from Paul. He says, thanks David and Cliff. Great insights to help encourage us to be fully engaged in our business pursuits 2022 style. Yeah. Very relevant and current suggestions. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Cliff, if people tune into the Entrepreneurs on Podcasting podcast, what kind of content are they going to hear over there?
1: So what they're going to hear, so the whole reason why I started Entrepreneurs on Podcasting was because before you and I were talking about Podfade and entrepreneurs, you know, 60, 80% of podcasts go into Podfade. They give up, they're burning out. What I wanted to do is I wanted to create a show that could showcase how entrepreneurs with a podcast are crushing it right? Not so much podcasters. Now, I've had a couple of podcasters on the show. It's been great to get their perspective, but most of them, David, are just like you. They've got a real business. They've got payroll to make, right? They're not, you know, making money based on the number of downloads that they get. They're making money because they're selling courses or they're selling, uh, you know, their services, consulting services, whatever that might be. So what I'm doing is I'm pulling these entrepreneurs who have these podcasts onto the show and just asking them, how did you do it? How do you, how do you structure your business? How do you make your offers? How do you drive uh, people to your offers? What kind of offers are you making? What did you found that worked? What did you find that didn't work? In every single episode, every interview I've done so far, the guest has always revealed one or two things. And I thought I was really good at this, but I'm learning new things all of the time. So for every single episode that walks out the door, you'll find a lot of consistencies between them, right. But in between all the episodes, but there's always that one or two nuggets that comes out in the episode that I'm just like, Oh my goodness, that is so slick how they're doing that.
0: That's, that's awesome. I'm Um, and I'm looking forward to tuning in to listen to some more of your show. Uh, how can people find you online? Let's, sure. uh, let's, let's let everyone know how they can find you. And, uh, so we can all get back to work. I know people at work Friday afternoon, but
1: Yes, definitely. So the best way to find me uh, is, I, I will not make you spell my last name, Duvenois, because that's going to take way too long. But if you go to any one of the podcast platforms that are out there and you just type in entrepreneurs on podcasting, you'll find me. If you go to entrepreneursonpodcasting.com, you'll find a show on there, You know, listen to the episodes, engage with the content, You know, learn something from it about how podcasting can really help your difference, really help your business. Because one of the things that I've discovered is nine times out of 10, it boils down to mindset. And every single episode, every entrepreneur that has come on there and talked about their podcast has talked about the importance of having the right mindset when going in. It's not just, oh, well, let's just create a podcast and we'll get a million downloads. Uh, That's not it. Every single one of them started and said, you know what? I've got a goal, I've got a product. I wanna start drawing attention to the product or service that I'm offering do it from there. So entrepreneurs on podcasting.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Cliff. Uh, this was, it was a great interview. Um, this builds upon the interview you and I did before uh, for the business buyer adventure group coaching program. If any of you out there are interested in learning more about that program, just head over to business buyer It's the, it's the group coaching program that I, that I run. And if you're big into social media, hit me up on Twitter D- at D Barnett um, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to hit the exit reel right now and we're going to sign off. And I'm going to wish you and everyone else uh, to have a great, uh, great weekend. Thanks again, Dave. All right. Bye bye. So, how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. Alpod.com Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.